8850-KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and wherever you get your podcasts, just search out KFUO. If you can't find them there, you can also find them on our webpage again at KFUO.org. Good afternoon. I'm Gary Duncan, and of course, this is the Midday Moments program, and it's time now for our moment in Scripture with Pastor Matt Clark of Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis. Good afternoon, Pastor Clark. Good afternoon, Gary. Thanks for having me on. This week, our readings, Judges 3 through 16, and last week, as you said, action-packed. <laughs> what do you want to highlight for us today? Sure. Yeah, action-packed, Gary. Boy, I think it's kind of interesting when we think of the judges, we probably have some people in mind. Uh, Deborah, maybe, is a name that sticks out. Uh, Samson is another one. Gideon is another one. Uh, but there's some other judges that are a little more obscure that we don't really hear that much about, but we picked up their stories in last week's reading. Uh, we have guys like Othniel, we've got uh, guys like Shamgar, they kill people with an ox goat, <laughs> these different accounts. And one that really sticks out, our uh, daughter's favorite is Ehud, uh, this judge that makes this homemade sword that's a cubit long, so it's about a foot and a half. And long story short, he kills King Eglon, the king of Moab, with the sword as he sneaks it in. Uh, he's a left-handed guy, so he's able to sneak it in. Our daughter's left-handed, so she likes that story. And oh, so that's the connection there. I was wondering what her <laughs> one of the reasons why that would be her favorite. But that, so that makes sense. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. She likes the gore in the Bible, and there there really is some gory stories in the Bible. And some of these stories we kind of uh, are left shaking our heads, wondering, well, why is this even in the Bible? Uh, but I, there's a purpose to this. There's a purpose to these stories. And I think I've mentioned it before when we were looking at those wilderness accounts and coming to the promised land, the cycle that takes place, we see it in the book of Judges, I think, more than anywhere else, where there's this sin of the people. They fall away from the Lord. They disobey him. They chase after their gods. God disciplines them. He sends them a wake-up call, uh, usually by some foreign power, whether it's the Philistines or the Moabites, to, to take them over and to enslave them and make them servants. And then the people cry out to God in repentance. They turn to the Lord. They return to him with their hearts and their minds. They cry out for help. And then the last part of the cycle is God delivers. And in this case, God sends judges to deliver his people. Now we see that again and again and again throughout the book of Judges. So be looking for that cycle in future readings too. And I, I can't help but think that that's sort of the cycle in our own lives at times, that we sin, that we fall away from the Lord, and maybe we're not worshiping a, an actual idol or statue like the Israelites were at times. Maybe it's other things we put before God, like money or our careers or our own selves. And then, yeah, God might send some sort of discipline, or he might just use things like COVID, for instance, to, to sort of wake us up and realize we need to rely on him, return to him. And we repent uh, in faith, and he forgives us. He forgives us, of course, uh, not through a judge like the ones I just mentioned, but through that greater deliverer, uh, Jesus Christ, who I guess will be our judge, right? On the last day, at least, when he right. comes to uh, judge the living and the dead, he'll be that ultimate judge. And for his sake, he'll pronounce us innocent because of his blood shed on the cross. The one judge maybe to, to talk a little bit more about Gary is, is Gideon. I, I really like Gideon. Uh, and I think that sometimes um, we don't realize just how <laughs> wimpy and inadequate <laughs> and weak Gideon was. Uh, we hear about Gideon sometimes in Sunday school, uh, growing up perhaps. Uh, but when you read it straight out of the scriptures and the whole account, you, you see just how weak Gideon is. 
Um, we see that in the call of Gideon in chapter six that we read and how he's uh, hiding away as he uh, works in this wine press. The people of Israel have been taken over um, by the, the Philistines this time around. And uh, he's scared. He's scared. And yet the Lord turns to him and he calls them this mighty man of valor, which doesn't make any sense because what he's doing as God calls him is, is hiding. He's scared. Uh, <laughs> and yet uh, God calls him to lead his people. In fact, Gideon even uh, sort of says, uh, no, Lord, you got the wrong guy. I, I'm the least in my family. We're, we're the least in our clan. Uh, but Lord, the Lord says, no, I, I want you, Gideon. And then we have we that, see that, yeah, we see ahead, that throughout scripture, though, where the Lord calls people that they they don't think they're the, the right person to be called for a certain task. That's exactly right. That, that happens again and again and again. You know, I think it's you'd be hard pressed to find someone that the Lord calls that seems to be the right fit for the job or that the world would think by outward appearances, he's the right fit. You know, the only one that comes to mind is uh, who we're going to read about pretty soon here is, is Saul. He's chosen as king. And when you hear Saul's description, he's a head taller than everyone else. And he kind of sounds like the type of guy you'd want to have as your king. And yet his reign kind of is pretty disastrous, especially in the end. So the, the ones that the Lord chooses and the ones that seem so... Uh, out of place and such a misfit and so inadequate are the ones that God chooses to work through. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that happens in our lives as well. We're, we're actually called to do something and we realize it and we're like, I don't know if I'm the right person to be doing this, but you know, what comes to mind is, you know, even though I applied for the position and I was well qualified for the position I received a, a, about four years ago now as the general manager of KFU, I still uh, in my prayer said, God, am I the right one for this? Am I really, yes. uh, are you calling me to do this? You know, so that goes through our lives as well. Most definitely. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Thanks for sharing, Gary. As a, as a pastor, same thoughts go through my head. In fact, uh I think the same things went through Luther's head. He wrote what's called the sacristy prayer, and it's a prayer for pastors and in, in the sacristy, you know, as they prepare for worship, perhaps to be prayed. And he just recognizes, Lord, I am inadequate for this job. I cannot fulfill this job on my own. I just, I, I can't do it. Um, but Lord, you've called me to this position and, and people, they need to hear your word and they need to be taught. So give me what's needed to fulfill this calling. I'm sort of paraphrasing his prayer there, but right. but you get the point. I think no matter what our vocations are, whether uh, the director of KFU Radio or a, a pastor like me or a mom or a dad uh, or a husband or a wife, whatever the case might be, Lord, um, I'm not adequate for this job on my own, but but you've put me here. You've called me to this vocation, Lord. Uh, please give me what's needed. Give me your Holy Spirit to faithfully, skillfully, lovingly fulfill what, what you've called me to do. Right. And he, he does that for Gideon. Uh, so we, we read on and and uh, Gideon has this army of 32,000 people. And then God whittles it down and says, if anyone's afraid, go home. And so <laughs> 22,000 leave. He's, re he's left with just 10,000. And then God does another test about how people drink their water, which seems kind of silly. And maybe it is. Um, and it gets whittled down to 300 people. And with those 300 people, uh, Gideon goes against, I think I said the Philistines, right? it's the Midianites, the Midianites he goes against. And uh, God just grants him this victory 
there's torches and they break pots. And then the Midianites, they're in confusion. And they start fighting each other. And it's just painfully obvious with the small number of people and with the way in which the victory is won that it's not because of Gideon. No, he is inadequate and weak in and of himself, but God's the one who gives the victory. And, and I think for us too in our own lives that to say, to, to quote Paul, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God was for Gideon, well, who could be against him? What is there to fear? And, and the same thing for us in our lives. When we feel inadequate, when we feel weak, maybe demoralized at times, if God is for us, who can be against us? He's called us to our vocations and where we're at. Uh, he'll give us the gifts needed to carry those things out. And, and I think to to kind of wrap things up here, Gary, um, insurmountable odds, that's what uh, Gideon faced. And I think of the insurmountable odds that we face uh, against things like Satan and against death itself. Boy, on our own, we're goners. Uh, we're toast. Uh, but uh, God has fought the fight for us, right? Through the, the cross of Christ and his death and through the open grave, certainly, Jesus' resurrection, conquering death for us. So again, uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? If, if he worked that victory for Gideon, uh, certainly he's worked that even greater victory for us uh, through his son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Would you like to lead us in a prayer as we conclude this segment? Sure, Gary, thanks. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we are uh, inadequate in and of ourselves. Uh, we are weak, and, and we admit that. Uh, but Lord, we know that uh, in you, in Christ, uh, we are strong. Uh, Lord, if you're for us, who can be against us? And we know that you are for us because you sent your son for us uh, to die, to rise. In him, we have victory over death and the grave. Uh, Lord, in the meantime, in our vocations, uh, remind us that uh, you give us the gifts needed to do what you've called us to do. Let us find comfort and peace in that promise. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. Yeah, you're welcome, Gary. And next week, uh, for our listeners, if they want to read along with us, um, we're going to read through the rest of the book of Judges. We're going to read the whole book of Ruth. Not very long, so uh, don't worry. And then just the first chapter of First Samuel. So uh, some varied readings for next week, but um, some good insights there, too. Sounds great. We are the messenger of good news worldwide at KFUO.org. And you can find us here in the St. Louis area on AM 850 KFUO.